his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Marriage, that blessed arrangement, that dream within a dream. Ah, yes, marriage. Amy Mark scores alongside Chris Ranji. And on the topic of marriage, because I do believe it is National Marriage Week, um, we're excited to welcome in our guest, University of Virginia sociologist and the director of the National Marriage Product Project, excuse me, Brad Wilcox. He's also the author of the book, Get Married, Why Americans Must Defy the Elites, Forge Strong Families, and Save Civilization. Thank you so much for joining us, Brad. We really appreciate it. Good to be with you here today, Amy. I was afraid it would be a little cliched if we played the Mowage clip, because I'm sure you've <laughs> heard that quite a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> sure. Um, but it's obviously apropos of heading towards Valentine's Day. I think, as you probably know, there are a lot of engagements between basically Thanksgiving and Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. So this is kind of the, the time of year to be thinking about getting married. So let's talk about some of the statistics um, regarding marriage in the United States, because we do know that American, as you point out, American happiness is can hit all-time lows, but American uh, marriages are hitting all-time lows, and we just seem to see uh, a breakdown of some pretty traditional institutions. Yeah, that's right. So I think the bad news that I would convey to you right now is that the marriage rate's fallen by about 60% since 1970. And we have about one in two American adults who are married, which is kind of like a record low, basically. So that's kind of the bad news. It's bad news because it's the biggest reason why we've seen a dip in happiness in America in recent decades. Um, Fewer, you know, fewer Americans are putting a ring on it. So that's kind of the bad news. Um, the good news, though, about marriage in America is that a lot of people think that one in two marriages end in divorce. But today, it's well below that. We think probably closer to 40%. And my book, Get Married, kind of gives couples ideas about how they can avoid uh, ending up in divorce court and also, more importantly, have reasonably happy marriages most of the time. 40% seems kind of high still. Um, so how... We know what the numbers are. The numbers say that people who are married report something like 30 points higher in terms of happiness. What's the correlation, though? How do you draw the the line between, well, these people are happier. It must be because they're married. 
Great question. So I think certainly part of the story here is the kinds of people who are getting married today tend to be a bit more you know, affluent, probably more socially adept, also more religious as well, for instance. And these are all factors that are uh, correlated with greater happiness for Americans. But there's also, I mean, as we kind of track people over time, we can kind of sort of see how getting married changes their happiness, how getting divorced changes their happiness. So it gives us kind of like stronger uh, evidence that there's a causal story here. And I think the basic idea is that we're hardwired to connect, most of us. And so if we have a good you know, partner, uh, <clears throat> a good co-pilot in our lives, someone who's kind of with us and for us, that just makes most of us less lonely. It kind of increases our sense of, you know, living a meaningful life. And then it's also linked to about a doubling of our <clears throat> odds of being very happy with our lives. And it's true for both men and women. And that last point is really important because we're seeing now new polling evidence that indicates that women, especially younger women, think that marriage doesn't make them happier. Motherhood doesn't make them happier. And yet there's no group of women in America today, on average, who are happier than married moms. As difficult as motherhood can be and as marriage can be, on average, married moms today are the, the happiest women out there. And uh, I'll give full transparency here, Brad. Both Ronj and I are single, uh, never married, although I am engaged as of several months ago. But it's it's <laughs> funny because um, I I wonder if there is there any statistic on that it's harder to get married or harder to find maybe a stable relationship. And I say that because I came from a very traditional family, um, mom and dad, homeschooled, um, faith-filled family. And I just always assumed I would get married, have a bunch of kids and, and you know, follow in that pattern. And so did my older sister. And I feel like we were kind of like hung out to dry for a while, like trying to find someone where that was also their ideal. Um, and I didn't know if maybe our culture, as it places less emphasis on marriage, it also makes the pool smaller, if that makes sense. No, I mean, you're completely on the money here. One of the things that I say in the book is that I think one in three young adults will never marry today. And that's a record statistic, unfortunately. Um, we're going to see a lot of permanent bachelors and bachelorettes. You've kind of, in a sense, been able to avoid that pattern. Congratulations on your engagement. Oh, thank you. Um, I know you're welcome. But I, but yeah, she is, won't stop you know, talking I, about it. <laughs> okay. But I do talk to a lot of uh, students at UVA, especially women at UVA, and they're just concerned about their prospects for dating and marriage down the road, and, and, and they should be. So I think we just have to be a lot more intentional, both young adults themselves, about kind of doing things that could put them in the path of a good spouse, you know, whether it's like going to an office party that you kind of don't really want to go to, but you might actually meet someone. I had a, a friend who did, who did that in Nashville, and she was asking her dad, well, should I go? I don't really feel like going. And he's like, no, no, you've got to go. And she did. And she met a great guy kind of in her same building, you know, and, and they're dating now. The same thing would be true when it comes to kind of thinking about college. A lot of parents, unfortunately, today are kind of telling their college age kids, you know, don't get serious now. You know, wait until you're 28, wait till you're 30 to really get, you know, serious about dating. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like for most of us, college is probably you know, if we do go to college, like one of the best places that we kind of can, you know, go to to find a potential, um, you know, spouse. So I think that's part of the answer. And then also for adults, you know, who have got younger 
or even middle-aged friends who are looking to get married to kind of be more intentional about being matchmakers. If you know someone who would be a good match for them, reach out and, and make that connection. Uh, you reported the number earlier that it's closer to 40% of people who get divorced. Why do you think that happens? Why is that number still, even if it's not one in two, um, as I said earlier, 40% is still really high. Why do you think the number is so high? Yeah, I think it's high because, you know, we live in a much more individualistic um, country where people are often um, likely to sort of pursue their own desires, sometimes over that of, you know, their spouse and kids. Um, I've got an essay out this weekend in the Wall Street Journal on the soulmate myth. I think too many of us kind of think about marriage solely through the the kind of prism or the perspective um, of that emotional, that romantic connection, not recognizing that marriage is about much more than just feelings. I think that's part of it. I think um, we are seeing, unfortunately, men <clears throat> being less stably employed. And when men are not working full time, they're less likely to end up getting married in the first place. They're more likely also, to your question, to get divorced um, in the second place. I think men have to be more intentional about being reliable um, employees and, and breadwinners for their families in, in this newer moment we're living in. Um, but then, too, there's some constructive things that people can do to minimize the risk of divorce. One thing you see is that couples of regular date nights who kind of you know take time to keep that spark alive. Um, you know, it looks like they have about a 25% lower risk of divorce if they're um, you know having those regular date nights. Um, and then I also find too that couples who attend church regularly are between 30 and 50% less likely to get divorced. So. Yes, um, divorce is still obviously a real risk for couples, but there are some things, you know, like the things that I've just touched on that can um, dramatically reduce your, you know, your odds of landing in, in trouble uh, in your marriage. What do we know about the financial brackets or economic brackets uh, and how that correlates to marriage? Because I, if correct me if I'm wrong here, but those in higher economic brackets tend to get married or stay married, realizing that marriage is a stabilizing force. Those in lower economic brackets, we have lower rates of marriage, and that can really make life harder as well. Yeah, that's exactly correct. So what we see is that more educated, more affluent Americans are more likely today to get married in the first place and stay married in the second place. Just to kind of give you a for instance on that score, a majority of college-educated Americans aged 18 to 55 are married, but only a minority of Americans in that same age group um, who don't have a college degree are married. Um, so I think that's in part because, you know, steady income and more assets tend to, you know, stabilize uh, relationships, make marriage more appealing and attractive and reduce the financial stresses that can, you know, make all of us more miserable in our relationships or in our marriages. So there's definitely a money angle here that's, um, you know, that's playing out in, in today's world. Well, I follow you on Twitter. I've really enjoyed uh, the work that you've done, what you put out there, articles that you link to. And we are talking with Brad Wilcox. He's a University of Virginia sociologist. He's the director of the National Marriage Project. And he has a book out, a brand new book. Congratulations. It is Get Married, Why Americans Must Defy the Elites, Forge Strong Families, and Save Civilization. It's really uh, interesting work data-driven and statistics that you've put out there. So thank you so much, Brad. Thanks for having me on today, Amy. I appreciate it. We appreciate it.
That is Brad Wilcox of the University of Virginia. I do feel like the um, financial aspect of that is doing a lot of work that's not being acknowledged. That happier marriages, let's think about a lot of the marriages that do end up breaking up. A ton of that is because there's financial strain. So, of course, if you're more affluent, you're more likely to stay in a marriage because that's not a thing that's a problem within the marriage. We know a lot of of relationships end up uh, going away because there is a money problem or money problems over years. That happens a lot, causes a lot of strain. So I think that, you know, you could you could say that, yeah, maybe the numbers do show that people who are married are happier, but I don't know that it's necessarily because they are married. There are a lot of other factors at play. Well, I know he breaks down the data. I've been following him for a while. I know he breaks down the data pretty minutely. And also kind of what he was leaning towards with those in who are struggling financially anyway. It's not like they got married or had financial issues and then didn't get married. It's a lot of times you maybe start in a lower, uh, less privileged area, more impoverished area, and your focus isn't on college, career. It just kind of happens and you're a single person. Now you've got a kid and that that adds a ton of financial strain on someone who's already burdened. Yeah. 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 So it's, I mean, right. It, it's not, I don't know that marriage itself is the thing that's making people happier. I think there are a lot of other factors that are involved. Yeah. Well, I've been very happy since I met Mason Jar. So I'm, I'm excited. Gl- well, I'm glad you have. <laughs> We've no got, one's going to take that away from you. We've got Scott J. Gow next on The Chris and Amy Show. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Amy Mark scores with you, and now we are joined, as we are every Friday, by KMOX reporter Scott Jagow. Hey, Scott, how are you doing? You ready for Mardi Gras? <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently not, because I never got the message. I live in Soulard now. I'm a Ooh. new resident of Soulard, and I was told as I was looking online today, mm-hmm. you know, it's the day before the event, <laughs> that I was supposed to have some sort of permit to live in my own apartment. During Wait, Mardi what? Gras. Yeah. You got to have a What do you permit. mean you have to have a, a Like you permit. can't get in to the zone. I'm in the yellow zone apparently. So I, like I don't he know. he can't park. He can't leave his car there. But you can walk into your apartment. Well, right? I can, but that, yeah, probably park a mile away from it. Mm-hmm. Then I got to go back in here on Sunday morning at O Dark 30. Yeah. So. Uh-oh. 
So I told him you would pick him up and drop him off. <laughs> Me? Yeah. yeah. Bro, I'm Thanks. contagious. What's Appreciate a little that. COVID? I'm not, go- <laughs> yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Scott, keep the windows Look, open. Look, I have, I'm, I cool. have what I'm they- cool with it. Scott, I have what they call uh, courtesy, and I care about other people. Instead of going to work sick, I stay home so I don't get yeah. people sick. You know. I appreciate Everybody it. should learn from me. Okay. Well, maybe <laughs> on the COVID thing, but not much else. All right. I was listening. Oh, yeah. Bring your flu to work, Amy. <laughs> I don't have the flu. I was listening this morning to Total mm. Information AM, as I always do, and you've been roaming St. Louis again. And I, I just want to note, what time do you do this on Friday morning? I'm trying to think of what time it Seven, was. Uh, <laughs> wow, that was, I don't know where that came from. That's Mardi Gras. Yeah, Benjamin Button, uh, you're starting 750. over. 7.50. 7.50, and I will say, Debbie Monterey is the toughest person she is. to stump on roaming St. Louis. Let's be clear this morning, though. <laughs> Part of it was she recognized the woman's voice. Oh. So that is like a half bell ding for me, not yeah. a full bell. Because she was like, oh, <laughs> I can get it by knowing the person's voice. Yeah. Because she knows so many people in St. Louis. But the place is called the Magic Chef Mansion. And when I've said that to other people, I either get, oh, yeah, I want to go to that place. Or what are you talking about? <laughs> That's how I was. It's I was the latter. I'm more, okay. what are you talking about? All right. Yep, that's so great. it's it's in Compton. It's not in Compton Heights. It's next door to Compton Heights, next to the water tower, you know, 44 and Grand, um, near Tower Grove. Yep. Anyway, it, Shelley Donahoe bought this place in 1990. It was completely wrecked, but it was owned by the family of the Magic Chef Company, the one that makes stoves and appliances oh, for the kitchen. Yeah. Magic Chef. I'm sure you've heard of that. She I think I it. was thinking of the Pampered Chef. No. The Tupperware Magic guy. Chef. Magic it's been around chef. for decades. Okay. She bought this house. It was completely gutted. It had nothing in it. And she has turned it in <laughs> 34 years later to this incredible mansion. And mm. she has, it's got like a stuffed polar bear in it. It's got a bowling alley in the basement. It has a saloon. It has a wow. saloon. Wow. And the bar of the saloon is made from a desk from the St. Louis Public Library across the street from here. Really? Yes. There's some really cool stuff, and you can tour it. It's like 20 bucks a person. It's totally worth it. It wow. is a Going downstairs into the basement was, if you've seen the movie, um, There Will Be Blood. Yes. Yes. Ron, yes, I okay. love it. You know the scene so when I'm talking about the bowling alley? Yeah. This looks exactly like that, oh. and it has pins from about 100 years ago. And so um, it's pinball machines down there. Magic Chef Mansion is my place this week. I drink your milkshake. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's actually where that happens. All right. So I want to ask you about uh, uh, Buffalo Wings. Yeah. Because uh, from what I understand, in Buffalo, Mm -hmm. ranch and blue cheese, not a thing? No. There's only blue cheese. No, No one in Buffalo eats ranch with their celery with their buffalo wings. Ooh. It's only blue cheese. It's a state law. It's a city law anyway. Is it like crumbled <laughs> or creamy? Well, it can be either the one. creamy blue cheese. I dressing. like the chunky one. Oh. But we had it we had a, a billboard up. I didn't put it up, but somebody put it up. It said Tom Brady eats ranch. And if you're from <laughs> Buffalo, you know that's a complete, you know, attack on Tom Brady's character. Oh man, I love it. So this weekend, only blue cheese. I mean you can eat ranch with other things, but just not with wings and celery. He is, yeah, I ain't listening to that. He is right. Scott Jago yeah. marooned.
for the weekend, Apparently. so it seems. Thank you, Scott. Yep. The Chris and Amy Show. More next. Amy Mark scores alongside Chris Ranji, and we welcome in, I think, I think from the sunny skies of Florida, Mike Claiborne. Are you down there in Jupiter, Claibs? I am here, and uh, you are correct. We have just a few clouds, but a uh, little breezy, but the weather is good, and you're right, I'm in Florida. Very nice. Did you go down with uh, with truck day, or were you down oh, there no, before I've been that? Here, I've been here since mid-January. That's nice. Yeah. Truck um, day? Yeah. Oh, do you mean when they leave the ballpark? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he rides in uh, one of the semis. I know. I thought maybe he went down with all the equipment. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not riding with bats and balls. No, no. no. You're, <laughs> you're you're pretty classy, Klaibs. Well, that's exciting. Um, spring training, the buzz, the vibe down there. Everyone's getting yeah. ready. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we have a lot of players that are already here. A lot of pitchers are already here. Uh, they, they report officially next week. Uh, but you would think the spring training has already started for a lot of guys. And, you know, the big challenge, the logistical challenge is moving everything back into the complex because this was the season, the year where they were going to do a makeover with the facility. Uh, they had a couple of snags along the way. So they had to move everything back into the facility, including the furniture, the clocks, you name it. And uh, the equipment staff has just done a remarkable job in such a short period of time getting this place ready for the players who are starting to make their way into the facility. Yeah, so the pitchers and catchers are reporting on Tuesday. Uh, First full workouts are coming just a few days after that. So I I know we do this pretty much every year where it really just sneaks up on you. And this is one of those years that it feels like it snuck up more than others. I don't know what it is, but it feels like this baseball season is coming quickly more than usual. Well, you know, I think one of the reasons... Chris, is the fact that we ended so early. I mean, you have to remember that the Cardinals didn't participate in postseason play, so we've been kind of put on the back burner for quite some time, and then all of a sudden somebody said, hey, wait a minute, we have spring training's just around the corner, and, you know, they made a few additions from a pitching standpoint, and Matt Carpenter's come back, and a few other things that have come along, and now it's here, and I, I just think everybody's just anxious to, A, turn the page from last season, and, B, make sure that last season doesn't spawn into this season. And I don't think it will. I think the team is better today than how they were when they ended the season in 2023. Well, after 2023, there's been quite a bit of turnover on the roster. And I talked to Matt Pauley about this yesterday, but I want to get your take. Wainwright's gone. Molina's gone. Pujols came and went. Who do you see as being the leadership in the clubhouse? Good question, Um, because it can come from a lot of different areas. You have pitchers that are going to take charge with regard to making sure pitchers are accountable. You have guys like Nolan Arenado and and Paul Goldschmidt who have been around for a while. I think Brendan Donovan is going to have a say-so in how things are done as well. So, you know, leadership starts with just leading by example. Hey, do your job, and maybe it becomes contagious and everybody else will follow suit. Uh, I don't think you need to go around putting labels on guys and making a guy the captain or the alternate or whatever you want to call it. Just go out and do your job. And if you lead by example, that becomes contagious. And if that becomes contagious in a positive manner, then you'll be okay. I I do expect this team to be better. I guess the degree to which 
they'll be better is the question, right, Klaibs? I mean, a team that won 71 games, and I didn't think it would be like that. I thought they could struggle a little bit last season, but I sure didn't see them finishing in last place. How much better do we really think they are? Well, I think you're better from a roster standpoint because you have more experienced players, first of all. Uh, I think you learned a lot from some of the young players that came up through the system, whether it's Jordan Walker or Mason Wynn, and you have some other guys that are right on the cusp. And when you have those guys who you think are going to be better, I don't think you're going to see much of a sophomore slump with those two rookies. Uh, But I also think you're going to see some guys like Lance Lynn step up. Uh, Lance Lynn didn't have the sort of season he would like to have, but we all know Lance Lynn's a guy who's a gamer. Uh, Sonny Gray, who finished second in the Cy Young Award voting in the American League last year, is here. And just if you talk to him for five minutes, you'll see, well, this is different. I mean, because he's a guy who understands what his job is here. Uh, And you have some other guys. Kyle Gibson's been around. He won 15 games last year for Baltimore. So there's a mix of players that understand, hey, we we know we need to be better. Let's just go out and do it because talk is cheap. Plabes, this is not does not have to do with the Cardinals, but it has to do with pitching because it was gaining traction yesterday that the uh, controversy riddled Trevor Bauer is responding to fans and teams on Twitter saying that he would play for this team or that team and really any team for mi- league minimum. And my question is, it's something of a story, isn't it, if the guy that won the Cy Young in 2020 is offering to play for league minimum and at least 30 teams right now are saying no thanks? Well, I think the issue here is bigger than just the fact that teams are not interested. I think the reason why teams aren't interested is because Trevor Bauer has had some off-field issues. They're obviously a concern. And I know there was one woman who accused him of this and that, and they come to find out that that wasn't true. But everywhere he's been, he's had some sort of issue. Now, it's my understanding that there are two other women, at least two other women, who have similar allegations that have not been, you know, taken to court or anything like that yet. I guess they're still trying to figure out, you know, how to deal with this. So there's another cloud over his head. And I I don't think teams are in a position now where they want to get involved with a player who might be suspended again, who might be involved in some sort of legal peril that doesn't allow him to be able to give that team what they need. Um, You know, at this point, Trevor Bauer would play for Matthews Dickey if he thought he could get him back into the major leagues. I mean, it's it's that serious where everybody's kind of walked away from him. And I know while fans are like, well, wait a minute, you know, we don't care. We just want the guy to pitch. That's not how it works. And I think we all know that. I mean, it's nice to say that. Let's give him another chance. But he's been given chances before. And it just seems like there's a cloud that follows him everywhere he goes. So... Whether he signs here or signs elsewhere, I think that's going to be up in the air for a while. He is not the only one. There are multiple free agents. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of there. guys that are sitting yeah, out it, there. You're right. And, and, you know, like we said, uh, Tuesday for the Cardinals anyway is pitchers and catchers report day. So we're coming up on it. Um, whether it's the Cardinals or, you know, other teams, do you see that dam breaking a little bit over the next few days? Yeah. Yeah, I I do. Uh, I I think that, you know, you have some good players that are sitting at home wondering, where am I going to where am I going to play? Am I going to be in Arizona? Am I going to be in Florida? And maybe they take short term deals uh, with some some other incentives in their contract. I I think as far as getting that long term five, six, seven, eight year deal, I'm not sure if that's going to be in play right now. 
because there's a reason why those guys are still sitting at home. Maybe the agent is trying to squeeze every drop he can. Maybe the player is very selective on where he wants to go. And maybe teams have peeled off page one of this player of his resume and says to themselves, you know, maybe he's not exactly what we thought he was. So there are a lot of reasons on why it doesn't take place. But I think when it's all said and done, I, I really feel like next week we'll start to see a little bit of movement because guys will just start taking deals because they don't want to miss spring training. You don't want to go in late. You want to get in there and, and get acclimated to the environment because in most cases, these players are going to go to a new team. Now, if you're, if you're uh, Cody Bellinger and you go back to the Cubs, you say, okay, I know the Cubs situation. If you're J.D. Martinez, you go back to the Dodgers, you say, okay, I know what, what's going on there. That doesn't appear like it's going to happen. So therefore, you have to make sure that that player, from a logistical standpoint, knows where he's going. Is his family going to be with him? I mean, you know, it, it, it can be a real undertaking, not to mention getting paid fair market value. So, Klaibs, I want to move on. The Super Bowl is this weekend. Before we get to oh, that game specifically, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Good. It's on Sunday Jeez. in the afternoon. Uh, before we get to that, <laughs> Tory Holt did not make it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, the inductees were announced yesterday. What are your thoughts on him missing out? Well, it's unfortunate. Uh, I thought he was worthy of it. And, you know, the ironic thing about it is I'm trying to figure out how all these guys keep jumping over Tory Holt. And Torrey Holt's numbers haven't changed. I mean, he was as good of a player as there was when he was playing in his 11-year career. And the numbers back that up. Um, you know, there are a lot of guys that have come off that Rams Super Bowl team that found themselves in the Hall of Fame. And, and maybe the voters are just saying, well, they don't even have a team anymore. So who cares? And I'm not sure if there's an uproar outside of St. Louis on Torrey Holt being, not being in the Hall of Fame. I, I think he's been looked over. I don't know if he'll get in or not. Uh, because this is the fifth consecutive year he's been a finalist. And you're going to see another wave of players start to come on, maybe not as long as far as time out of the game uh, as Tory, But, you know, you know they, this, is a, this is a league that's flavor of the month. And, yeah, you know, what it's you, unfortunate. What do you think I don't like the idea? voting process. I don't like well, the voting yeah, process. So let me, let me hammer down on that for a second. Jim Thomas was uh, tweeting that some of the voters – believe the Rams, that Rams team has too many in the Hall of Fame already. They've mm -hmm. got six members in the Hall of Fame, but also points out the 80s Bears have seven in the Hall of Fame. Um, but what kind of process is that if you say, well, that team's already got too many in, so we're not going to vote the them in? And that's the problem. And I don't know if, if, if the listeners know how it works. So basically, if, if I'm going to if you want to go in the Hall of Fame and I am designated to go in and present your case to the voters, the other writers, the other members on this board. And it's an all day session where you present, you know, video statistics, whatever the case is to this group. And then they sit back and listen to you. It's almost like arguing in front of the Supreme Court. They sit back and listen. They ask questions a whole nine yards. Bottom line is nothing's changed here. Here he is. This is the guy that was playing for the Rams. His numbers haven't changed. So why is it that all of a sudden somebody else who doesn't have the same numbers moves ahead of him? There's got to be a better system. There's got to be a better system. I'm of the belief that voters, and maybe they should be writers, maybe they should be uh, Hall of Famers, you vote, if you played against, with, or covered that individual, your vote should mean more than somebody from who whoknows.com. Your, your vote should mean more than somebody who barely knows who you are. They can only go to football reference 
to find out who you were. I think that people who actually saw him play and played against him and played with him have should have much more of a weighted value when it comes to deciding who goes into the Hall of Fame. Instead of having this committee where you present the case for a guy that they've already heard. They've heard it for the last five years. Yeah. So what's changed? Klabes, with the Super Bowl on Sunday, are you looking forward to this game? Do you have any predictions for the game? I'm looking forward to it being over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just think the hype, it just it wears you down. I mean, you, you hear the obvious questions and the obvious answers. I mean, and the players, I give the players credit. They've done a good job in, in avoiding some sort of controversy, mm-hmm. uh, some sort of distraction. Um, but I just think they want to play. And, and it's funny because you hear the same thing. Well, we had a great practice today, and we, we really feel like we're on our game. Well, what guy comes out and says, well, you know what? We were really lousy today. I mean, we were dropping passes. Guys didn't know to play. So everybody's got this positive attitude, and which is fine. But we know it can't be that way the whole way through because somebody's going to get beat on Sunday. So I just want it to be over with. Yeah, I, I think we're going to have a very good game. I'm looking forward to it. I have no dog in the fight. Uh, I, I think Kansas City, because of their Super Bowl experience and their quarterback situation, would I would give the edge to. But I could care less who, who wins. You've been to a handful of Super Bowls, right? Oh, yeah. Have you enjoyed every one? Have you had a favorite? You know what? Uh, that's a good question. They all had different meanings, mm-hmm. but you know I got to tell you, I, I've gone to enough of them where I don't want to be there when the game starts <laughs> because a, I've learned that my home, I have a better view with a very large big screen TV. Oh There's wow! Never been a line to get to my bathroom. I've always found that my refreshments and food is much less expensive than it is at the facility. Mm-hmm. I don't worry about parking. I don't worry about any. I don't worry about raucous fans who sit behind me who have no clue on what they're talking about. I don't have any of that. So I've always found that watching the game, and now that I'm in the radio business, listening to the game on KMOX is a much more rewarding way to appreciate the biggest game of the world. I have a very strong desire to come to your house and lock myself in the back. Well, you have to be invited. Yeah, well, I have more than one bathroom. You've already invited me before. Uh, well, yeah. You got well, invited? It, I've annual, never been invited. It would be yeah. an annual invitation. And this right. year, Chris, I'm sorry you didn't make the cut. Good, because okay. he's got and, COVID. And the, and the other thing is. Oh, yeah, I have COVID, is, though, too, so oh, you, you don't do. want me over. Well, congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, because I've gone on enough of these things, I have friends now who go, and they all, hey, can you get me in this party? Do you know anybody who can get me in that party? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I so I, I reached out to a friend of mine the other day. I said, hey, I got a friend. Is there any way? And, and she emphatically said, unless your boots are on the ground in Las Vegas, do not call me and ask about anybody else getting in any more parties. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was kind of like, okay. So I, so I don't want to overplay my hand. Yeah. But okay. to me, I think Super Bowl week is fun because you'll never know who you'll run into. And obviously, it's awesome. because it's Las Vegas. And I'm glad Las Vegas is now in the system. Uh, That's where it should be anyway. Claves, I've only been once. I I went to the New Orleans Super Bowl, the the Rams-Patriots Super Bowl. I didn't Mm -hmm. go to the game, but I was there for the week. And I don't know what it's like in other cities, but that being in the city for the Super Bowl week is awesome. It is. I I don't think there's anything like it. Uh, I'll tell you, the only other event that I think is close to it Mm -hmm. is NBA All-Star Weekend. Oh, I believe. I don't that. know. Uh, I mean, yeah. that 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 thing is like 
you, you that's another place where you just never know who you're going to run into uh, because the NBA is such a global sport. Uh, you know, I mean, and they're going to have a TV deal is going to verify that here fairly soon. Um, you just never know. And everybody's got a great party to go to. If you like to go to parties. I don't know about you, Chris. Mm. Uh, I have COVID right now, so I can't. can't. Clay, thank you so much. Enjoy the Super Bowl from your lush home. See you Sunday. Not a chance on this planet (laughs) that I'll see you on Sunday. (laughs) Not a chance on this planet or the solar system. Lock the door. You guys, now, coffee. what are you guys doing for Super Bowl? I mean, you guys, is it a, is it a party you going to? Or, I'm in quarantine, man. He's well, in... you, nobody's going to want to hang out with you anyway. No. So let's just no, take that it. off the table. Yeah. Stop it. Well, my Amy, what will you do? My fiance is from Kansas City, so we're having a party. Oh. Okay. Yep. Right, yep. Well, we're having cool. people over, and yeah, it'll be fun. Not a huge thing, but celebratory. Hopefully. Well, you know what? Look at it this way. There's at least one person you don't have to worry about coming messing things I up. I mean, we're locking the doors, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm making sure he doesn't know the address. I'll but. find it. <laughs> Glabe, thanks so much. Enjoy All right, you Florida. guys have a great weekend. All Take righty. care. Chris Ranji, Amy Mark scores on KMOX. Hey, we're giving away Barry Manilow tickets in the next hour, so keep listening to The Chris and Amy Show on KMOX. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.